0: You're listening to TWN Champions, episode number 17. Champions, arrive! Welcome to the Champions Countdown Podcast, where we summon heroes from across space and time to populate our intergalactic museum, or something like that. This is episode number 17, I'm Will, and with me is a woman who walks slow, but stabs fast. It's Rebecca! Hi! (laughs) You can hear her coming.
1: (laughs) Yes, the little song I sing isn't helping.
0: I was going to ask you what's going on this week, but the big day is almost here.
1: The big day is almost here, although Halloween is really about two months. And I think a lot of people, especially maybe people, I, I you know, we have a lot of non-American listeners, which, you know, proportionally, which I really appreciate. I do too. I really do appreciate that. I don't know why, and I don't care to know why, because maybe it's just like, check out these
0: morons.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I do, from what I understand, I I know that American Halloween is very much like a point of fascination for people in some countries where they don't make a big deal out of Halloween, Mm -hmm. because it it is, you know, even if it's just movies and TVs, we do make an awfully big deal out of it, and it's fun. And it is like a whole month, of Halloween, or two months, if you're crazy like us, and the only reason we have to cling to it so tenaciously is because Halloween is the only thing that is stop stopping the tide of Christmas from like coming over because holiday
0: avalanche. Yeah, we've got Thanksgiving people, and then and then Christmas, and there's present buying and preparation and travel. And work deadlines where you have to get everything in under the wire because everybody's about to take vacation off and it's everybody else's fault when something ran that wasn't supposed to and all that kind of good stuff. We
1: we'll had a hard week at work. <laughs> also, also important. But I mean, yeah, we have to clean to Halloween because it's like the only thing that's keeping us from having mm-hmm. Christmas on October the 1st where people will be like, oh, look, let's turn on the Paul McCartney song that everyone hates. <laughs> and no, don't, don't. So anyway, no, it's the big week. I'm I'm jacked.
0: Well, you were saying how I had a uh, really difficult week at work. One thing I am looking forward to, and I don't usually like work fun, but uh, on Monday we're going to have a costume contest for our all-staff Zoom meeting, and I am prepared to wear our very fancy Star Trek uniform pajama shirt. And I'll have all my Star Trek props with me, and I'll use the Zoom background that's from uh Picard, or no, from Discovery. From oh, okay, the, from the yeah, family. yeah. I was saying, you got to get it right, yeah. or
1: else everybody's gonna yeah. be like, "That was stinky."
0: But I have to wear Rebecca's Star Trek uniform because it's uh, in much better shape than my mine. mine. Looks like I had a hard time on my away mission because I wear it every <laughs> night
1: understand how you can wear yellow stains you will is a thick pajama person like i i can't i'm i'm a hot (laughs) sleeper a hot everything i'm just running hot all the time i cannot wear like hot pajamas (laughs) so that's why my star trek uniform is in better shape and don't forget we have the spock ears that's true you want to wear those true it's probably not good for your backstory well yeah apparently our city is doing a trick-or-treat still which is fine, and I'm going to set up a socially distant trick-or-treat with some Halloween dudes at a table mm-hmm. where I can put the little treat bags out for the, for the kids so they don't come up on our door and start breathing on us, or vice versa. Well,
0: it's a good way to keep Halloween alive in, in, in a difficult time.
1: Yeah. Plague is very Halloween. <laughs> what a year! Yeah, so we have socially distant Halloween, Halloween costume Zoom call, and then... And what else this week?
0: This week is the release of our Colonel Holler special. We are having one this year. It's very good. It is written. We're almost done recording. We have to edit. We're going to have some detail for you at the end of the episode about it, but it comes out Halloween Eve Eve. What is that? The 29th? 29th. Yes. Uh, and we'll have some detail about it, but it is happening. It's very good. I'm very excited about it.
1: Yes. And I need to not blow my voice out doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I still have several voices to record.
0: What are we talking about today?
1: This week, we're counting down our personal favorite takes on the slasher archetype. I have four. Will has four. It's a top eight.
0: Okay, Rebecca, I think we know what this is, but let's define it. What is a slasher? What does that mean to you? This
1: is a weird one, because this is one of, like, the only one that I can really think of, that it's actually, like, a very recent and specific archetype. Uh Because, like, usually we're all, like, you know... Pythagoras wrote uh, in his manuscripts uh-huh. of the time there was a ghost. I mean, like, you know, like, we're usually dating things way back. But with here, it's, like, almost exclusively tied to film and a certain time period. Okay, so definition for, like, our uh-huh. purposes. So this is a, uh, a a nearly indestructible killer.
0: I had that exact phrase.
1: Okay. Who pursues their quarry, the object of their torment, uh-huh. relentlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, kills a lot of people, uh, can be supernaturally strong or not, Mm -hmm. or make it questionable. Uh, they're often stalking teenagers. Yes. Had that on my thing. Um, and then often as a punishment for being sexual, which which we'll get into.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. I was going to mention the supernatural thing just because they often appear and disappear almost magically but that's yeah I think I think that's a really solid definition
1: And I, I think a lot of them on purpose do play with is their power or strength supernatural or not and uh-huh. they lead you to believe that it could be but then it's not or they never say that it is mm-hmm. anyway so there's like there's some vagueness there
0: well I was going to ask you about uh defining the genre but I feel like that definition captures most of it I think the only addition I would have to that is that in those stories there's often that uh final girl which would be a good champion for us later. Oh but, yeah. But
1: Ooh, put that on the list. I want to do final yeah, girl. Yeah, we will do that. Yeah. So
0: that you know that's the last teenager left, often the most resilient uh girl in the in the teen group. And then uh, the point of these movies I guess uh, I guess we can wrestle with that a little bit, but I guess it's kind of like the spectacle—like you're getting away with something, nothing censored. and The more creative the killings, the better. I mean, that's kind of how people talk about it.
1: Yeah, they they really do occupy a very weird space culturally. And I'm gonna preface this by saying I am not a fan of slasher films. Like, yeah, I'm not. And
0: we like, found some ones that we like because how they're situated in pop culture more largely, or we found some more modern ones. Sure, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll have fun with it But yes In general I think we agree Yeah
1: but yeah it, like It I, doesn't I'm, hold
0: up well In a yeah, lot of cases I, not, If you look, watch the movie I,
1: I'm not super into any film That features a lot of Violence against women uh-huh. As a as a trope uh-huh. Not my favorite You know Go figure And it's never been My favorite kind Of horror film Ever period Like really But Man, you know Maybe we're due
0: For a female uh, Slasher
1: Well <laughs> Maybe we'll get one Okay no but it, it is really weird because it is a way to both be titillated by and judge sexuality like I do uh-huh. think that that is that's something that well that was very common in in early slasher films I think more than anything I would say it represents our anxieties about about yeah. coming of age and sexuality mm-hmm. and so forth
0: one other thing I was gonna to add to that is I wonder if uh people kind of embrace these even if that's why they're watching it I wonder if people leaned into it or said they were making these as a reaction to all oh, the family values posturing oh, in the sure. 80s I'm in the sure. 80s and early 90s sort of like an anti-PC you can't censor anything for me kind of thing going on there yeah
1: there is I guess there is some subversiveness in there as well which is why I have a weird like kind of uneasy relationship with them. I mean, uh-huh. it's fine. It's not my favorite, but I, I get it. I, that must be, you know, yeah. I'm not a wet blanket. I'm not tipper gore.
0: <laughs> That's who I was thinking about, <laughs> yes. All right. What do you think about maybe talking about like a brief history of these and may, then maybe talking about how we see these stories in more modern times and how those probably will hold up better to history and might be better stories?
1: So, arguably, the slasher film begins with Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, 1960, which then sort of, like, led to some inspiration by a number of Italian directors. The Italian giallo films of people like Dario Argento, which were, like, Italian psychosexual crime drama. What? Okay. So, you know, so it's exactly however you're imagining it. Um, And then... (laughs) I guess if you wanted to take it back a step further, before film, I would argue that the slasher fascination began with probably Jack the Ripper.
0: Okay, oh, you know? interesting, interesting. Well,
1: because he was an invention of of the media. I mean, he not he was obviously there was a real person killing, but people. you
0: could watch a slasher film through the newspaper. Yeah,
1: and then, and it was like just because of the way that the crimes were committed. Uh, it, it was very much and, and described, it was that sort of combination of like titillation and outrage and a okay. little bit of judginess. Cause it's like, well, they were prostitutes. Right. Exactly. Like, everyone talk about- I don't know what accent that is. That's not an English one. I, people have always been obsessed with killers though. Yeah. That's something we like that.
0: I was going to uh, talk about a couple of things I found, and actually, of all places, uh, an article on the MTV website where they were like, What's the deal with slashers? And they did some good research.
1: <laughs> there are articles on the MTV website. Yes. they also, write, MTV has a website they write, still.
0: They write like serious, like good critique articles, but like in a voice that teens will find relatable. What
1: year was this from?
0: 2014.
1: Uh, uh, I don't know what to think. Well, okay,
0: they talked about um, its origins on the stage, and they were talking about how, in the years between the World Wars, audiences in Paris couldn't get enough of the bloody special effects on display at is this French theater? And I'm going to run this paper over to you so you can pronounce it right <laughs> correctly.
1: <place. laughs> you are asking the wrong person. The Théâtre du Grand Guignon?
0: That's that's. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so that theater. I was
1: probably wrong. And and then, I haven't taken French since I was like 18 years <laughs> and old. And then
0: uh, in the silent films, there was a movie called The Bat uh, that was super bloody uh, and was produced before the motion picture production code uh, could uh, impose a bunch of censorship. Yeah,
1: wars. those dorks.
0: And then I was looking at how in the 90s we got some of those. I've seen people describe it as like um, postmodern slashers where. The teenage protagonists are aware of the conventions of the movie and they reason through things like people who watch the movies would. Right. And so that was a phase two. And that has
1: kind of been part of every slasher film, I feel, since Scream Mm -hmm. was the one that did that first, with 96, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not from research. That's from my own old history brain having lived through it. (laughs) But, like, um, I I feel that since then... Most, if not all, slashers have been somewhat self-aware or fourth wall breaking to some degree. I mean, maybe there's more straightforward ones that I haven't seen, but I do feel like they're all a little bit winky after that postmodern twist came in.
0: And that, yeah, I think that's right. And that was especially popular in the 90s. And then I was going to say to bring us to current times, I think now we'll see reboots and remakes or long been waited for sequels to these original franchise tend to focus a lot on the characters in a way that the uh, early slashers didn't and so they end up being a lot less misogynist or the exact opposite of it and they're more about like the survival and what motivates those characters and they're using the slasher characters like a metaphor for whatever they're going through like we would expect and would want in a movie now
1: yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Last thing I had on my list that I was going to ask you about was my fun question. Uh, is uh, one thing I was thinking about that was strange to me about these slasher movies is they were such a big deal, but I never remember them being in the theaters. Did you ever see a slasher movie in the theater?
1: No. I, I guess know. they
0: all came out like right before we started going to the movies.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Besides it, this the is '90s very much, ones, I was going to say know. this is very much a home video genre. It really,
0: really it's, mostly is, especially for us.
1: Yeah. But, but, I mean, I would say, like, like, this is probably one that really thrived in home, in home video, too. Because mm-hmm. you could sell and rent way more than you could sell out of theater of, you know, people wanting to watch this kind mm-hmm. of... And, yeah, okay. It's the kind of movie you should watch on a crappy old TV mm-hmm. to really get the full effect.
0: You want to start us off with your first pick? Number eight.
1: I love that you said we need a lady slasher, because my first pick is number eight, Kathleen Turner as Serial Mom.
0: Oh, I Nine, don't know why I didn't think of John, that. Well,
1: it's because she's not really a traditional slasher, but I do want to talk about it a little bit. So this is this is John Waters. And I will just say, oh. we have
0: some traditional ones and some non-traditional ones. Yes. There's some ones you're going to expect on this list that we will get into, so calm down. Calm down. We'll get to <laughs> it. But, yes. What?
1: But yeah, we gotta mix it up, right? Yeah. This is this the world is a salad. We gotta we okay. have to put more ingredients. And so when you're
0: saying serial mom, if people don't, this is S-E-R. This
1: yeah. is like a serial killer mom. Uh. Okay. She's gonna kill Scotty.
0: Get in the car, both
1: of you. Dad, you don't think she did it, do you? I do. Mom's gone crazy. Your mother may have some problems, that's all. Come on. Hurry. She doesn't tick all the boxes for slashers, but she does tick a couple. And so first of all, I'm very excited to have anything by John Waters show up in this podcast because, you know, it's um, I've loved his films my entire life. But like, you know, it's not really something that comes up a lot when we're talking about werewolves and so forth. (laughs) So if you've not seen Serial Mom, this is a campy black comedy over the top very silly movie about a picture-perfect housewife who decides to start murdering people who wrong her in various ways. Mm -hmm. So she torments this one one woman because the lady cut her off from a parking space one time. Uh, She kills her son's math teacher (laughs) because he was rude that her son was drawing pictures from movies because he's a movie buff, Uh like in class instead of doing math. She, and
0: that was was that Matthew Lillard. Oh um, yeah,
1: Matthew Lillard is the super super
0: nineties teen. He
1: was the most nineties teen, and so yes, he, here he is being a classic nineties teen yeah. in the classic nineties film. And, um, and then she also kills, like, the, the dude who stands her daughter up for a date, played by Ricky Lake. Oh, so do- yeah. Is the daughter. You know, for somebody who doesn't wear a seatbelt, Scotty sure is nosy. So, and, and Sam Waterson from Law & Order plays the husband, and it's adorable. Turn right on Timonium Road, Dad. I will. Hurry. Again, she's not a traditional slasher, but considering the life that she lives, she does sort of have a supernatural strength. Um, to in relentless pursuit of her victims, uh-huh. I do really enjoy that. And as someone who is closing in on forty, I can really appreciate this film, like as a, a commentary on the complete havoc your hormones play on <laughs> in midlife. <in, in> because <laughs> Kathleen Turner was forty when she made this film. This is also a great movie for 90s decor and like 90s outfits. Uh-huh. Just very charming for that reason, too. If you want to see some good Ivy stencils and kitchens, you should watch Cereal Mom because <laughs> there's a lot of it. The, the 90s were lousy with geese in your kitchen and then also Ivy stenciled in your kitchen. That was just the look is geese and Ivy. I don't know. Well, no. it sounds
0: like uh, a normal household, which reminds me of something I was going to talk about in our list: is that danger hidden in your everyday world? And so, you know, inside of even like the mom character or whatever, there's this there's this slasher there, like that. There is that danger there that you can't even see somewhere.
1: Yeah, uh, especially in a suburban setting too, right? Because that's why like a, a film like Halloween, yeah, uh, you know, which was. It was about like a babysitter in the suburbs getting stalked by a killer. Mm -hmm. And this is the real killer within our suburbs is a woman whose hormones are giving her a time and who has had too much.
0: And all 50s dads go, tell me about it. I
1: know. (laughs) Hormones are a real thing, though, Mm -hmm. dude. I am not even playing about that. I feel that we should all be more in tune with them. Cisgendered men as well. Uh Okay, we should all be more in tune with our hormones. I'm just saying. You have hormonal tides. It does happen. I can
0: even remember, uh, I think we were talking about this recently, uh, I can even remember being a teenager and just remembering like just going weeks with white hot anger.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's a thing. Just
0: waking up mad.
1: It's a thing like and we don't talk about it enough really like I feel like we're only a few years away from being able to like actually actively helpfully and rapidly measure our own hormone levels at any given Uh time and I feel like it would make a huge world of difference in a lot of us if we were just aware of why we might be feeling the way we are.
0: Do you ever see that that meme where people talk about in like in school, people really used to be fighting at 8 a.m.
1: <laughs> yes!
0: I remember that. That did used to happen. The
1: feelings were real. <laughs> yes. And they don't completely go away just because you <laughs> get out of your adolescence, you know? You still got them. We're just weird sacks of meat with brains barely hanging on in our, <laughs> in our very precarious settings. But anyway, I love Serial Mom. I wanted a lady slasher. And so, yeah, Kathleen Turner is adorable. She has adorable little mom outfits. I love when she
0: cusses that lady out on the phone and you start to get a hint that she's really titillated by, like, the danger and craziness in her brain. It was so funny.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's great. I do love... I I love Serial Mom. Number seven. Your silence is utterly provocative. But you'll have to earn your keep, clown.
0: Come, find a toy and show me what kind of clown you truly are. This first pick is a character that I believe really exists. This is Dandy from Season 4 of American Horror Story Freak Show.
1: Yay! I love Dandy!
0: I knew we were going to fight over some of these a little bit. So I'm glad I got to use Dandy. You
1: can have Dandy. Yes. It's fine. <laughs> this, that is fine.
0: This is a more modern one and it probably helps to set the scene a little bit for him. Uh, he was, like I said, in American Horror Story and we've talked about that series before. But this is the Ryan Murphy anthology series that follows a different horror story every season. And there's occasionally some continuity between them. I feel like we have varying enthusiasm for the different seasons. Like, we feel very strongly of that we liked or didn't like certain yes, ones. Yes, correct. Uh, the one that season that got me hooked was the first one because it was more of a ghost story. And because that one had Connie Britton. Which Will
1: loves him some Connie Britton.
0: I just think she's we great. We
1: haven't got to talk about Connie Britton on this podcast. No, we haven't. Although, weirdly enough, we did talk about Connie <laughs> Britton quite a bit on our Masters of the Universe He-Man podcast. Because she should have
0: played Queen Marlena in the movie. She should have. I just love... I love, I love actors who are good at reacting to things. Like she reacts the way you would really react to stuff. And also she's just like has authentic Southern reaction to things. And I just like her. I love her from Friday Night Lights. Anyway, I love that one. But the other season I liked was uh, this one. This is season four, Freak Show, and mostly because of Dandy. So Dandy Mott is a wealthy, spoiled, only man-child who lives in a mansion with his mother. He's the descendant of a rich, mentally disturbed introvert. And we know he has some of that madness because he's been harming animals. <laughs> you ruined my Halloween!
1: Stupid girl!
0: So it helps people have an idea of him in, in their minds if they haven't watched this or haven't watched it in a while. You tell me how you remember what he looks like.
1: Well, so the actor's name is Finn Whitrock, and he's just. Oh, gone- you remembered that. I remembered that. Well, I remember that because I enjoyed his performance, Me and too. so I looked for him in credits for other ones. I'd so being like, good. is he going to be in this one? Because I liked him. Mm-hmm. He has a su- supremely punchable face, but not in the way that. Uh, what was that kid everybody hated on Game of Thrones? Joffrey Uh not in a Joffrey way more in a way where like he looks like a big meaty overfed toddler uh huh someone who has been given everything and yet still wants your lollipop. <laughs> and he's big and meaty enough to where he could probably take it from you. And that's what he looks like. I don't know what features that translates into, but that.
0: I was going to say, he looks like he should be wearing a sailor suit, even he though he's does. a grown man.
1: He does.
0: In the actual show, he has hair that's parted down the middle, like an 1800s rich boy. He has preppy little outfits, and he's got this really strong jaw. And he does have a very very strong... handsome... Um, and it's funny cause he re- really played up the man child thing. Like it, he, the-
1: he looks like a child who has been fed a lot of like liver when they, like when you had to be <laughs> rich to have like organ meats that was like healthy and like, they're like, my dad just got to be a healthy boy. Mm-hmm. And he just looks very well fed. If that makes any sense. That does make sense. He's a big meaty child is what he looks like. Well,
0: at the dinner table, he drinks whiskey out of a nipple bottle. So, so one of the reasons I wanted to pick him is because I love characters that are either fops or spoiled. I just love them. I love when people are so spoiled they don't even know how childish and embarrassing they actually are. Because they live so much in a bubble, they have no concept that they shouldn't be completely confident in themselves. And he even says out loud several times, I'm great. <laughs> <And> it's, <laughs> it's just so funny and perfect. But the thing about Dandy is he's not just spoiled, he is pathologically spoiled. And he will literally kill you if he doesn't get his way. And I think that's probably the easiest way to describe his personality. But I will talk a little bit about his storyline here. This season was really strange, but his main arc starts with him visiting a local freak show that came to town that he's obsessed with. And because he's rich and a sociopath, he tries to purchase the two-headed woman for 15000 But when he's denied, he starts pouting. So his mother brings him some demented, clearly serial killer clown named Twisty as a playmate and that character could have been a pig he, in and of he himself. Could have been a pig, it's yeah. a great story. So anyway, Dandy ends up killing someone out of a childish temper tantrum and then he goes and hunts down this twisted clown and decides to help him with kidnappings and killings. And it sounds really uh serious and like messed up and it is, but it's also weirdly funny because every minute Dandy's on screen is hilarious because it's not a subtle cold stalker Norman Bates kind of thing. He is a child in a man's body and he's constantly telling people I'm great or having full-blown toddler meltdowns when he like trips running after somebody or his plan gets spoiled or something like (laughs) that.
1: I hate this house. I hate my life. I
0: hate you. i, hate I mentioned you. how I think I this character you. is probably real, and he is exaggerated and absurd. But I believe this is the most believable monster type. It is a classic satire because it says something that's true, which is that you can cover up a lot of evil with the trappings of wealth and privilege.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and he said it.
0: I think a tons of sociopaths with power. Um, are like this like if you think about anybody who jacks up drug prices or maybe you're a politician who experiments on cats when you're in medical school (laughs) uh, which is a real person I don't have to get into I
1: I know who I know you're talking about
0: but anyway this is a real thing I think and I think this was a really interesting motivation and take on a serial killer and by making him so absurdly spoiled it was uh, made palatable for us to watch and really enjoyable um, and a lot of that probably had to do with the uh, actor himself, but um, uh, I think this was just a, a fascinating great take on the on the slasher.
1: Number six. Okay, my number six pick is Family of Doppelgangers. Us. Oh ah. 2019, The Jordan Peel film. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared of a family?
0: Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we
1: can get crazy. I wanted to rank this higher, but it's a new film. So I feel like you got to kind of like let it settle in, Uh you know?
0: So our classics are out there. Our classics are here. No, they're here.
1: They're on the countdown. They're on the countdown. So this also, since this is a a relatively new film, I'm not going to like spoil the plot. And I'm just going to kind of try to talk around what I th- what makes this good uh-huh. cuz i think if you haven't seen it you should watch it's it it is
0: really good
1: and the thing is like i think you might not be expecting this if you haven't seen it this is really a popcorn slasher huh. i think you might think like that it might be like ponderous and you know like no there were some
0: really scary parts but um it wa- it was i was you're right. I was really surprised by the tone of it. When the yes. family's hanging out, they are likable because they're pretty funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of humor to undercut the tension in this film, but there's still like a marvelous amount of tension. Yeah. And I think that it was like, for me, a really fun watch because it was just the right amount of tension, the right amount of scariness. You know, I did, I did enjoy all of the creepiness, but then also, like you said, like the family's really likable. There's a mm-hmm. lot of good chemistry there in the um, among the actors and i mean i just think there was like a fun group to spend some time with honestly does no i, got, what so is I got fun" on it mean it's about drugs it's not
0: about drugs it's a dope song don't do drugs
1: get in rhythm i'm going to try to just say this without like giving away even too much of the plugs. i i really do think you should watch it if you've not seen it but basically what happens is there is a family who Um, is on a cabin weekend Mm -hmm. and um, they are suddenly confronted and stalked by a group of four doppelgangers um, standing in the driveway who look just like them except evil Mm -hmm. and are intent on stalking and killing them. Mm -hmm. And then, way more happens for a lot more reasons but um everything like i think they really really nail the slasher trope there because the character design is great you know yeah. everyone wears these creepy red jumpsuits and they're carrying these old timey scissors, Uh, you know, it's just like a really iconic look. And what, "Mm." that is
0: such a, a big part of the, your serial killer look. You know, if you want something iconic, a lot of it has to do with what weapon you use. Yeah. And, um, you, I mean, we'll get into who has which weapons as we go, but scissors was such an iconic choice that we haven't seen before. And it was really great because it is, symbolic in the movie and uh yeah. I just love that. I think it's yeah. so cool.
1: And that was really fun too cuz like I think I even remember that Jordan Peele said something to this effect of like when they made those character creation like the, when they made the designs he thought about people wanting to dress like this, these characters for mm-hmm. Halloween, you know, like how like what a cool thing that that That's would cool. be, you know. And um it is it's those two elements, it's a jumpsuit and a pair of scissors it's like bam, I know who you <laughs> are like I do think that this film does have a lot of potential to just be one of those fun, modern classics. But again, it's only, it's like not even was barely a year old. It's not very, it's not very old but um, it, I highly recommend that you watch it. Well,
0: there was uh, that first scene when uh, the lead actress's doppelganger speaks for the first time was so scary, which shows how great she does because you're like, oh, it's just a clone of the person you're already seeing. Is that going to be surprising?
1: It really was. She really acted like a <laughs> yeah. different
0: person. It was pretty scary. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, Peter Nyong'o did amazing. And the girl <laughs> The whole, like I said, the whole cast was great. They There was not a weak link in the bunch. Mm-hmm. Even with the kid actors, you know that's hard, Yeah, too. that is hard. You know that's hard. Because they
0: do kid acting. Yeah,
1: because they're like, yeah, hey, ooh, Qui-Gon Jinn. Like, yeah. That's all kid acting in my mind. But um, And then beyond all the fun issues, it does get at some issues around generational trauma and systemic trauma. Mm-hmm. And it asks the question, what turns people into monsters? Mm-hmm. And I'll just leave it at that. It's a fun movie. It's a great Halloween film. Watch it.
0: Number five. Okay, we're warming up to some classics. This one is a, a little bit more of a modern one. This is a slasher from one of Rebecca's and my favorite horror films that I actually hadn't thought about for a while. This mm-hmm. is the invisible body-snatching slasher from It Follows.
1: Oh, what? Really? Was this was really a cool. high-risk
0: topic for us to get the same one. Okay, so.
1: well, that's true because our, our tastes really overlap on that slasher is, that films. Is, that is true. Okay, why well, had it on my list too, so now this is the top seven.
0: That's true, Uh, and for episode seventeen,
1: top seven slashers seventeen exactly seven. seven.
0: That just means we're going to get to the classics quicker. I'm so worried you're going to be upset we don't hit the classics fast enough. No. Okay, so. you interrupt me then, if there is something something you want to mention. But okay. I'll start. I'll start with the plot here.
1: Uh, you know, can I just say I am proud of us for having two things from the current decade that, that we just true. left. That's True,
0: they weren't all the nineties. I'm very
1: look. It could have been all eighties. Oh, that, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying it could have been. And these are like current. I'm really proud of us. Yeah. And you have one from the Audis. I'm really proud of us so far. Okay, <laughs> continue. Sorry, go on.
0: Well, this is from the Audis. This is, well, 2010s. Yeah, this is a 2014. The, the horror film about a teenage girl named Jay who's stalked by a supernatural creature after a sexual encounter. You're not going to believe me, and I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing,
1: it's going to follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. Wherever you are,
0: it's somewhere walking straight for you.
1: All you can do is pass it along to someone else.
0: We did like this one a lot, right? We were talking about how we discovered that we really like those psychological horror movies. Was this the first one of those that sort of got us on that kick? Was this like the first of this kind of genre that we saw I do, recently?
1: I do think that there that, yeah, that, that there was definitely something in the air percolating around this time. Because I, <laughs> I do feel like we started getting a lot of creative horror films around this time. Around <laughs> like the 2012, 2013 2014 mark. Yeah.
0: I remember it just looked different. It was very cool. It had these wide angles and like, not like, um, pandering nostalgic eighties fashion, but like a stylized eighties fashion. It looked like you walked into like a surreal Polaroid picture or something like that. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, it did have a good visual style, and it was really stylized. I remember they had, like, technology that people didn't really have, like their their cell phones. They had cell phones, for example, but they looked like what one might have looked like if a cell phone were, like, an 80s poly pocket accessory.
0: That was really clever. I remember that. I liked that. It was kind of its own world. It was... Well, that's a good point, too, because the director purposefully has been vague about this movie because he wanted it to stay surreal, because he wanted it to feel like a nightmare that you just couldn't really end, and so he didn't want to, like, uh, draw all the boundaries of the world for you. Right,
1: because then he knows he's going to get stymied. By my my rule, which is just go to Walmart. Yes, but right, it, exactly. But my rule, it wouldn't work. Yes. It, it follows. That's
0: the cool thing about about this one. We kind of needed a way to update the haunted movie story because of cell phones and because we are a lot more mobile now now. So I guess it is a good time to talk about the rules. Do you remember do you remember the rule for um how the entity stalks people?
1: So if you have sexual relations with someone who has the curse, Mm -hmm. then they pass the curse on to you. And what will happen is the entity will start to slowly and ponderously, but inevitably, without fail, and very relentlessly, did I already say relentlessly, stalk you until you're dead. Yes. And if it kills you, it reverts back to the last person who had it. Yeah. The only way you can get rid of it is by having sex with someone else to pass it on to someone else that... Somehow we'll also outrun it. I don't know. It's very complicated anyway. If it kills her, it gets me and goes straight down the line
0: to whoever started it. And the, if nothing else, I think the thing that you remember from the movie is what it looks like when it's stalking you, because it's all about paranoia, because it can take uh, the body of anybody you know so a lot of the times the people who are cursed by it are always just watching to see is there anybody in this crowd who's just slowly walking toward me yeah who just
1: looks a little bit out of place like
0: you're having a picnic and you see somebody from a distance is kind of walking in your direction and it might be them because they might not start sprinting till they get very close Um, and it might be somebody you know uh, and it might be a complete stranger Like, and I remember there's a scene like at the beginning in like a movie theater, and the person's like, Have you seen that person before? You know, that kind of thing. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, this was fantastic for mood and tension. I really did enjoy that about this film.
0: The director said he got the idea from Anxiety Dreams about being followed, and it happened around the time of his parents' divorce. And so he thought. Maybe it had something to do with that, but ever since then, he had started having all these weird anxiety dreams about, about just some sort of tension he couldn't shake. that They just just kept following him. So I was going to ask you to talk about some of the things I remember you talking about when we watched the movie. I don't know if you'll remember them now. I probably
1: won't, but, but, I, but I expect to be astounded by my brilliance.
0: You were just talking about uh, like imprinting uh, trauma on people and... I remember when we were watching this you were talking about how even though this is clearly has something steeped in like std transfer or something like that it also has to do with like conferring trauma onto other people maybe like maybe like pass passing it along Uh,
1: yeah oh that was good past me i had forgotten (laughs) that
0: goes straight down the line whoever started
1: it if you view films through a lens of trauma, you will really be enriched and enlightened by it. It's a it. thing
0: we don't think about it because is. you're high-functioning, but everybody had something oh, happen yeah. to them that may even seem sort of trite to other people, but really colors how you act yeah, and what gets you worked up.
1: I was going to say, your brain can't tell the difference. That's exactly right. <laughs> it doesn't know.
0: And so maybe uh, something maybe trauma was passed on to you or maybe you passed it on to someone else, uh, like in this movie. And... If the horror is inside people you know or don't suspect, uh, you're going to be paranoid because this trauma could be passed from people you love and you may not see that it's happening.
1: Yeah. And
0: you may be doing it to people you love because you have some sort of codependent relationship and it's not clear to you you're doing it. It could look like someone you know or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this was a good movie. Yes. I need to I need to watch it again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Like, and just the only thing to add to that is um, I would say that earlier because I have to read the thing that I've prepared because uh, I yes. do it too. This maybe this should have been number one then. If whatever, it's fine. Um, so you know, earlier slasher movies were like the morality play in a way. Like in that you will be punished for behaving like an adult. Cause that's all we knew how to do with all of our sexual repression and all of our anxiety around coming of age. Mm-hmm. This movie is an update and culturally it's saying something different now. Sexually coming of age is just like one of many ways you might mark that transition into adulthood mm-hmm. And that transition is not marked by something big is the thing of it. Like, it's just this adulthood, if you had to describe it to like a younger person, it's a lot of it is just maybe a feeling of dread that always threatens to catch up with you. Uh You know, there's not ever like any pomp and circumstance about suddenly you're responsible for things. It's just that gradually you realize that you are. And, like, you know, maybe it's the kind of dread of, like, okay, am I doing the right thing with my life? Like, am I happy? Am I, you know, in the right place? Am I around the right people? Um, You know, what do I think about my family situation? Did I
0: pick the right major?
1: Yeah, did I pick the right major? Did I pick the right job? Did I pick the right spouse? Like, are my kids terrible? Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they might be. I'm sorry. Uh Sometimes you have a bad kid and it just happens. (laughs) You did your best, but... The thing thing
0: about coming of age being like a dread lurking or whatever. It's so funny because I was just thinking about how one of the the markers of getting old to me is uh, learning to be afraid of the mail because nothing ever good (laughs) ever comes in the mail. If you get a letter to yourself, uh, it is going to be bad news. You owe somebody, you ran a traffic light, this might be a scam. Somebody died.
1: (laughs) It's true. It, the mailman, it follows. And you're then right. It, <laughs> and, the then, mail. <laughs> and then he knocks on the door and the dog thinks he's going to yes. die. But like, and I, I think we can all sort of relate to like adulthood being this thing where you're like, if if i could just sit down for a minute and take a little bit of a break like mm-hmm. I, i'll get it figured out if i just had like a little bit of time to like get the get my head together but you never have that yeah, luxury again yeah you can't it's
0: always stalking you yeah
1: responsibility yeah. is always going to catch up with you one way or another you're never going to get that break where you think you're going to get it all together what? and so it's just like that relentless pace of being alive we're
0: setting like <laughs> su- such that <doubt laughs> you can learn to do it in a healthy way and you learn you what can. you what you can ignore and what you can't and what's a big deal and what's not. And that's also part of growing up. But having to negotiate that is what's becoming an Yes.
1: Adult. And learning that it will always be there and you can't internalize things that bother mm-hmm. you. That might, you know, like, oh, look, somebody tried to use my credit card to, like, purchase <laughs> $400 worth of goods at Foot Locker. Which did happen. <laughs> that <laughs> happened this week. You know, like, okay there are always going to be things and you have to learn how to like really just it
0: doesn't mean handle. anything. it
1: doesn't mean anything exactly nothing means about anything.
0: me or the pattern of my life or anything yeah
1: it just stuff happens yes and, and it follows <laughs> watch that movie number three
0: Okay, so I have to go and do another one because I used one of Rebecca's, so my reward is I get to do another one.
1: Your reward. (laughs) And then also, everyone listening, you just got spared a very tedious discussion about what number got skipped and how.
0: But the point was I got to go twice. Yes. And coming on the heels of a serious one, this one is pure garbage, and that's why it's here.
1: Yay! Okay,
0: this is Jack Frost, the killer snowman, (laughs) from the 1997 film Jack Frost.
1: Okay, first question was that Michael Keaton
0: oh my god was I it? Di- how did I know that we were going to get there like that's the number one thing you have to say about this movie you it? have to you have to disambiguate is that a word
1: was it not between... Michael Keaton
0: no who was it Michael Keaton was in a snowman <laughs> movie oh <laughs>
1: But it was a nice movie. Yes, snowman. you
0: are probably... you. It is very easy to get this movie confused with a charming Christmas movie about Michael Keaton reincarnated as a snowman to spend time with his son.
1: Okay, well, I feel like I speak for everyone when I say we would rather have seen Michael Keaton be a killer snowman.
0: Well, the thing about it is, we really have to admit to ourselves that Michael Keaton looks a lot like a snowman. He looks a lot like <laughs> he an does. snowman. He has just, a
1: very round face!
0: He has a very round face, and he's got two very circular eyes. Button
1: eyes, and a nose made out of coal. I was about to say,
0: and a carrot nose. We all <laughs> know this about Michael Keaton. So I'm supposed
1: to believe that you're my dad? you were
0: the one who played on the Magic Harmonica.
1: I thought you made that up! So did I!
0: Uh, the box art for this is what you might remember. It's uh, a snowman's head, but he's got real pointy teeth and the Michael Keaton eyebrows on the so front. So the more
1: you say Michael Keaton, the more I'm just going to remember this as it actually is Michael Keaton. It could have
0: been Michael Keaton because...
1: Can we just decide in our own head canon that it is Michael Keaton? I uh, Sure. Okay. And so I loved Michael Keaton in this film. Did you? Charlie, it's me. It's that. What?
0: Jack Frost is a supernatural figure stalking people in town But it is a movie that has production value that is just pitiful. And so it kind of also probably falls into the B-movie category as well as the slasher movie uh, category. Mm -hmm. And I think this will be a fun exercise. I'll start telling you the plot of this movie. And you finish up with how you think Jack Frost was created. Okay? Okay. So I'll start you out with setting up his origin. And then you, you pretend you're writing this movie on the fly. Okay? Okay. So the premise is... Uh, the local sheriff is transporting a serial killer named Jack Frost to the electric chair. And then?
1: And then, wait, in a car?
0: Yeah, like a sheriff transport Okay, car. and then
1: he stops by the convenience store because he's not good at his job. And Jack Frost, who's not Jack Frost yet, gets out of the car and then he goes into the beer cooler to hide But then the power switch gets thrown. There's a surge. And somehow he gets electrocuted and trapped in the freezer and becomes Jack Frost.
0: That's really close. Is that? See? It's really close. It's more 90s because there's a mutation involved.
1: Mutation. See, that's not necessary. My script was much more elegant.
0: (laughs) Jack Kills the guard, you know, which makes the uh, uh, truck crash and it crashes into a genetic research truck.
1: Oh, that's way worse. And
0: Jack gets sprayed by chemicals and his body merges with the snow. This is gonna hurt. Mutations were a big deal in the 90s. We had to have a mutation. Uh, And fun fact here you know how we're always on the lookout for obscure Star Trek actors? The (gasps) human Jack Frost is played by scott mcdonald who was the reptilian commander from star trek enterprise okay. one of the zendi that we mentioned in the reptile and the uh, uh
1: he's got a page on the me. wiki but yes. no one remembers him otherwise
0: okay so then a while later uh the sheriff remembers jack frost's threat of revenge and these weird murders start happening including a hilarious one with a bully in a snow sled and uh he his head gets cut off and it's very funny
1: I didn't do it. Holy moly, right? Kill killed Billy! So does he kill bad people, and so he's a good guy? Yeah,
0: he's... Well, no, 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 no. He's a bad guy. He starts oh, killing he just everybody, kills everybody in town. The bully just happened to get it. Oh, okay. okay. And he's kind of like a wise guy. Okay,
1: L- sirrah, sirrah,
0: Like stupid funny, like Freddy. He'll say, like, I only asked you for a smoke and stuff like that. I didn't even really know what the plot was in this movie because a friend and I rented it when we were 14 and we loved things like seeing the snowman sneak into people's houses to get them and stuff. And there's like this really crappy animation sequence of him transforming into a snowman. Cause they couldn't afford better special effects.
1: Um, I love the thought that they even thought That the snowman needed to be stealthy Like why is that a skill set a snowman killer well, needs Well that was
0: funny there's this, there's this shot of him like lurking behind a lady's uh, sofa Just standing in her living room Like she didn't see him
1: If he could have just been calm and patient And stayed outside He could have gone to the middle of the town square For the Christmas parade And like started killing everybody Because nobody suspects the snowman
0: That's right Remember that Rebecca's trial of the snowman <laughs> killings We don't even know how the movie, we didn't even know how the movie ended because even at 14, we watched about half of it and we were like, I've seen enough. I get it. (laughs) I know know what's going to happen, which is fine because there's some weird stuff I saw in the clips I watched that do not hold up well, but overall, in the popular imagination, I thought this was a funny one. The runtime was 90 minutes. The director said the Campbell's Soup Let It Snow ad, which also featured a snowman, had three times the budget of his movie.
1: That is hilarious. I remember that commercial well.
0: <laughs> it has 7% on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: If, do you all remember that's the one where the little boy is a snowman and he comes in from outside and then he eats Campbell's Soup and then he melts into a boy? Because it oh. was cold. Get it?
0: Oh, yeah. I I totally forgot about that. I just liked the joke. That's funny. It was
1: a pretty good um, animation, I will say. So it makes sense. Th-
0: this one is totally stupid, but I wanted to pick it because I think it perfectly represents renting those disposable B movies from the video store, based completely on the video on the uh, box art, and then convincing your parents or somebody else's parents to rent some rated R stuff because they are just tired of dealing with you and they're supposed to have a weekend off by uh, letting you have somebody spend the night.
1: <laughs> oh, a classic. Number two. Well, now we're all the way up to number two. Yeah, which I'm going to say so you remember. Okay, which but
0: don't one. talk twice as long. I, I, the point is, I'm supposed <laughs> to just go twice.
1: All right, I couldn't rank him any lower. We got our boy Freddy. Yeah, Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street. Who are you? <laughs> 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 oh, oh, oh. What makes everyone fall in love with the supernatural killer who got his powers from making the deal with a dream demon while being burned to death in a boiler room by a mob of angry parents because he had tortured and killed their children? I don't know. Oh, so but he had
0: done bad stuff before. He
1: had, but can I tell you, okay. I lo- I did some research on the Freddy wiki, and as it turns out, Freddy himself was conceived of trauma. And that's, oh. we don't even need to talk about that okay. anymore, but I, let's just say that, Freddy is a creature who deserves our empathy.
0: Okay, so I followed Freddy Krueger in popular culture a lot when I was a kid. Like I loved his look at everything, but my parents wouldn't let me get it because it was trashy. And then we just I just never rented it with any of my friends. So I'm I'm honestly interested in hearing the details. I didn't know anything about the dream demon part. That part really interested
1: me. Now that was from the wiki. I know I didn't know that either. Did we ever
0: get to see a dream demon at the- some
1: point they they fleshed out his story because all I think we knew in the early Elm Street films was that he used to be the janitor of uh-huh. Spring Springwood High or whatever and um he tortured and killed children Uh in the boiler room right and then he was uh they threw molotov cocktails into the boiler room the angry parents did and he burned alive in it Uh but apparently in his dying he made a deal with a dream with some dream demons and that's how he got to be freddy but i can
0: see i can see how you'd be ready for a rash deal after something like that well (laughs) yeah you don't have a
1: lot of options in the boiler room so like that but that came way later okay. cuz like we don't you don't know all of that stuff. Um, okay. In the early films and really it's kind of funny cuz like it doesn't matter how bad of a person he was in life, Freddy Krueger the character was so likable that everybody just loved him. Yeah. He was the bad guy, he killed people spectacularly in many weird fashions, but everybody was just into Freddy.
0: And, and he, had those, he had those great little uh, cheesy 80s taglines after all the kills that oh, you just, because yeah. everybody's like, say the line. You know,
1: that's why we <laughs> love him. How sweet, fresh meat. And of course, when we talk about Freddie, you can't talk about him without talking about how excellent his character design mm-hmm. is, the visual design of it. Like I don't care if you're the tweistest chick on Instagram, if you wear a fedora and a striped sweater, somebody's going to call you Freddy. Yeah. Somebody will call you <laughs> Freddy Krueger. They're like, "Okay, sit down, Freddy Krueger." It doesn't even matter how many years it's been later. That look belongs to Freddy Krueger.
0: You know what, when we were at a Halloween store a few years ago, there was a very high quality Freddy Krueger sweater that I just bought because I liked it, and I wear it to work like over like a collared like button-up shirt, and you'll find find out very fast who's cool at work like i have the weirdest random people who'll be like that's freddy krueger and it'll be like some uh i don't know what a generalized but like some 60 year old woman i am be like oh that's cool (laughs) a good look is a good look it's a great shirt she
1: knows freddy when she sees it. that is a good sweater i'm glad that you have that sweater now
0: did his talking about his look his knife hands do you think that was supposed to evoke like um Custodial, like shears or something, like doing that kind of work, or was that just could
1: be possibly gardening shears? Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. I don't, I I don't. Yeah, sure. Okay. But I mean, yeah. But like claw glove with she with sharp blades, burn face. I mean, I remember
0: talking about getting his face idea by like playing with drawing a face and some pizza cheese. I I remember that. He
1: his face does look like pizza, Mm -hmm. and I'm hungry. I want pizza right now. We would
0: eat Freddy Krueger's face. We're so hungry
1: tomorrow. The main thing to talk about with Freddie, which made him such—he broke the mold, even though he was, is one of the classic slashers, is the fact that uh, Michael Myers and Jason— Who I'm assuming we're probably going to talk about. I don't know. I don't know. know. So Michael Myers and Jason both have these like unreadable, inscrutable faces. Mm -hmm. But Freddie, on the other hand, you're seeing his whole rainbow of emotions Uh just play across his weird face. Oh, so we can
0: identify with him in a way we can't. Exactly.
1: You know, know?
0: And we know he's supernatural.
1: Yeah, and he is absolutely supernatural. And, like, what's to identify with Michael Myers? Because I have to say, the Halloween films have never been a favorite of mine. Yeah, and
0: I know that was sort of... They were sort of like the grandfather of the modern slashers. And there's uh, a lot to be said for it, including the score and everything. But same, I just never got behind it as much. Yeah. It's like... Jason, without as much good uh, comic book character design, I guess. yeah I, I, but you know, we have to mention all the Star Trek mentions, you know, but but he did have the William Shatner mask, so there is that for him
1: well, Yes, William Shatner is the true monster. <laughs> but, <laughs> whatever. Just, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's fine. He, <laughs> he's not. No, he's. I hear he's rude. Anyway, um, but yeah, you just can't beat that sense of glee that Freddy brings to his killing. Uh-huh. And that, that, again, like I said, that kind of joie de vivre is just really. That's how I want to live my life. Uh-huh.
0: Okay, before we name our top slasher, we feel compelled to list some honorable mentions. Honorable mentions.
1: The only one I have to add to this list, but I feel I can't, you know, it, because we've talked about it before um, in the insects episode, is, of course, Candyman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's a great one. He's
1: a, he's a classic, really good slasher, but we we, we gave him his due homage, mm-hmm. I feel. so. Are we...
0: Our- the new one hadn't come out yet right we're getting a new one right
1: yeah i think we are still getting a new one yeah I a guess jordan
0: when, peele produced one or I, something. I
1: feel if the production situation ever gets under control yeah
0: that should be good yeah um that is that's the only one you were gonna add yep
1: okay i was gonna do
0: <laughs> i was gonna do uh child's play chucky
1: oh yeah yeah i gotta have chucky. i mean that's
0: funny and uh and also the doctor from deadwood is Brad his voice Dourif. he's yeah. so good um and then, you know, ones you would think we would want to mention, like Scream, which I did see in the theater, the first two. That was fun. Yeah. Um, Michael Myers, uh, the psycho guy, Norman Bates. And then I Know What You Did Last Summer, which I never saw, but he has a hook. That's a good uh, good character design. Yeah, I
1: never saw that either. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it, we should
0: watch it. it. had Freddie Prince Jr. from Wing Commander, which I assume he thinks is his best role.
1: <laughs> we can only assume so with all that broad tapestry of slash slashingness uh, who is your number one slasher of all time
0: number one I have a joint submission Ooh, for the number one slot a twist they're a team operation you made who i'm going to pick this is Jason and Mrs. Voorhees from Friday oh. the 13th movie franchise. Really?
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. Mrs. Miss, Miss Voorhees gets most of the credit, okay? Yeah, <laughs> for, right. for various
0: reasons. Yes. Yes, and I thought this one made a lot of sense because if I have to pick my favorite slasher and we're not really allowed to honor the last girls, uh, a good compromise is to get the, uh, the female... Uh, Mom slasher in here too. I'm it. telling
1: you, it's those midlife hormones. Pamela yeah, Voorhees so. probably I guess so. just needed like to get on a low dose combination pill to even <laughs> out her hormonal surges, and then she wouldn't have been a serial killer. But then we wouldn't have had the story of Jason. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe she shouldn't have. His name was Jason.
0: I was working the day that it happened, preparing meals. Here, I was the cook. Jason should have been watched every minute. He was, he wasn't a very good swimmer. We can go now, dear.
1: I think we should wait for Mr. Christie.
0: Okay, (laughs) if you're not up on your slashers, and I'd be surprised if anybody listening isn't, but this is the hockey mask man, (laughs) if you don't know. (laughs) uh, Hockey mask chainsaw man. Uh, Even if you don't watch the movies and you're our age, you just know him from... Going to school in pop culture. I wonder if younger people have as much awareness of him now. Like, maybe they recognize it and they'd be like, oh, what's that thing? What's that thing? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say.
1: Well, somebody needs to make a TikTok that gets popular wearing a Jason mask and then the whole all the Zoomers will be aware of Jason <laughs> That's again. right. Yo, man, it's cool. It's cool, man. It's cool.
0: You know, we have, you and I haven't talked much about this, but I feel like it was a thing that you had to decide if you were a Freddy kid or a Jason kid. And in my mind, I always always sort of th- thought you were like a, a Freddy kid and, and, I, and I was a Jason kid. Yeah. Because like, you didn't really watch the Jason movies as much. I,
1: I, wa- I do remember watching them, ironically, when I was like a young adolescent. This is, you know, how sometimes your memory gets tied with like one thing to another. Uh-huh. I remember my friend and I watched Jason Takes Manhattan, and the only f- snack in the house were these pickled cucumbers that her mom had put up, like, like, so it's like cucumbers and Italian dressing kind of a deal. Uh-huh. And we just sat there and plowed through that. Oh,
0: my God.
1: Watching Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> and that's just, that's, I don't know, that's the, that's the food for that movie. Oh, my God. There you go. They were good, okay? She grew the cucumbers in her garden. Weird. Okay. I loved her. I miss, I miss her. (laughs) I miss, I miss that woman.
0: Funny enough, there are only 12 movies in this franchise so far Mm -hmm. that I am aware of. It seems like they'd have 13, but um, also video games and all that good franchise stuff. It's kind of funny. I'd forgotten that you don't really get his iconic look until I think the third movie.
1: Oh um, yeah, the it, first two are kind of like plotting. If I yeah, remember correctly, they, they
0: almost are classy as those can get. I yeah. guess, and then and then and then by the third one he gets to be the the Jason that we recognize. The first one he's not in it proper. The second one he's sort of goony, and then the third one he yeah. He gets it did nasty. take a
1: while, didn't it?
0: Yeah, and I think the thing that I enjoyed about them on the rewatch a lot was seeing the great documentation of that era where it was, I think I even saw somebody write about this, but it's sort of like the holdover from the seventies, but also um, very early eighties, which early eighties were a holdover from the seventies because Mm. small towns hadn't updated with all the new branding for Pepsi and all that stuff. And, Like at the beginning of the movie, I remember them going to like a convenience store and that looking exactly like you remember yourself when you're a kid picking things out at a convenience store.
1: Yeah. It really makes me want to go to a convenience store.
0: (laughs) The other thing I liked about it was the camp because it reminded me a lot in a creepy way about a Boy Scout camp and remembering the real horror being the sociopathic kids you go there with and figuring out if you can survive socially without becoming one of the <laughs> and that kind of thing steve should never have opened this place again there's been too much trouble here but it looked just like the old campsite that we went to because they didn't update anything and yeah was, just some it was fun to see real
1: rustic wooden buildings and canoes that were okay
0: yeah yeah definitely definitely <laughs> Uh, That
1: had some spider webs inside (laughs) and you're going to stick your leg in there and get spiders. Yes. Canoe spiders on your legs.
0: I think the reason I would make Jason at the top of the list is because of his place in popular culture. Um, because... He, well, and I would
1: say because of Ms., the Mrs. Voorhees connection, too. Yeah. I, I think that that does make him more powerful.
0: I guess that's true. Yeah, he has a he has a more fun motivation. I, I don't know why I'm hesitant to spoil these, but I feel like some people may not have seen it. And the first one has a really good little uh, twist in it where you yeah, get to understand the relationship between uh, Ms. Voorhees and Jason.
1: It's Halloween week. You should go watch Friday the 13th.
0: And even when Ms Voorhees... Goes away, part of her remains, and that's fun, also.
1: That is also fun, yeah.
0: She's great. Okay, our Star Trek uh, watch. Guess what? In the remake of uh, Friday the 13th, which I think was like 2009, the lady who played Ms. Voorhees was Nana Visitor <laughs> from uh, Deep Space Nine. That's pretty funny. Uh, uh, Major Kira, which I thought was so funny. Um, but I was going to talk about how like how pervasive he was in popular culture, uh, because he was. Like in that, I remember he was in that weird Genesis game, Kid Chameleon, where you just uh, get a hockey mask and a chainsaw. That was like okay. He was almost like public domain as soon as he came out. Oh yeah. Um, and then also there was a Final Fantasy video game, whatever the one was on Super Nintendo, where in the Clock Tower you can get a hockey mat, you get a hockey mask and a chainsaw as like a a secret move set for one of the guys. And that was just crazy to me. They snuck that in there. <laughs> do you feel about genre crossovers for that like if something's already trashy is that okay
1: like what? Freddy versus Jason or whatever exactly
0: yeah. is Freddy versus Jason okay can we do that <sighs> Do we want to see those worlds mixed? I don't. Is that like Jim and the Holograms Barbie playing with Barbie brand Barbie?
1: Yeah, that's not going to work. It's it's just not. It's not the same world. (laughs) See, I mean, the trashiness isn't the thing that makes it not work for me. Okay. It's more just like it's a different world. Okay. I don't know. The Jason universe and the Freddy universe, I feel like, are not the same universe.
0: Well, you got me wanting to think about their universes a lot when you were talking about him making a deal with that dream demon because when I was looking at the later movies, I saw like i remembered about all the jason goes to hell and jason in space and stuff and i w- kind of want to see those because i, I want to see the jason goes to hell because it looked kind of like um more like fantasy stuff i saw demons and things i was like i want to see that kind of stuff like i might want to see that
1: well it sounds like we know what you're gonna watch this week I on the so. week of halloween
0: i guess so i mean maybe we should wrap up this pick if i'm just randomly listing movies i'd like to watch <laughs>
1: Well, it's movies that everyone should watch. So everybody this week, let's all go watch Jason Goes to Hell. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's your assignment. Well, I, I you know what for a genre that we're not super into, I think that that was a pretty good uh, breadth and depth of you know of the did I just say depth?
0: Yeah, <laughs> you did <laughs> uh, depth. There was a lot of depth there, but
1: <laughs> I heard it come out of my mouth and I don't know how it happened. Anyway, I do think that was a very good. Yeah, that was fun. Okay, good. I did that, like that. That was a good cross section.
0: And I also figured that I like the I think I like the slashers that are pretty clearly on the side of supernatural. And oh I like yeah, us, I like us to lean more into that.
1: Oh the, yeah, I don't like some dude. If I wanted to be afraid of some dude, I'd just go walk at night. You know
0: what <laughs> that's I mean? Right. That's why we don't like Michael Myers as much. I think.
1: Yeah, I think he's supposed to be a bit supernatural, but he's mostly just some dude to me.
0: Yeah, he's just like seems like a creepy stalker. Like, yeah. like if you're gonna do this, you need Caesar, scissor hands and a pizza face yeah, or a I, hockey mask. Like, we, we need got, to know you're something different.
1: We gotta have we gotta have a little more. You gotta give us more, Michael Myers. I think so.
0: I think so and and you know like we say if you have thoughts about this list or want to you know you want to tell us about your own slashers you can email us at rumors at the wizards or talk to us on social media uh but rebecca tell everybody the important news about what we're going to release this week
1: curdle holler our original halloween comedy series Go to curtleholler.com, Listen to the brand new Halloween special dropping on Halloween Eve Eve. That's October 29th. Yes,
0: I'm taking time off of work uh, so we can get this edited to sparkly perfection like we want. And it's going to be really good. Uh, And we were thinking this is probably a really good one um, to jump on to, but we uh, we also have a lot in there to reward you if you've been listening you've to the previous in the seasons. Past,
1: I did want to write with an eye for you know, like if you haven't watched or sorry, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, mm-hmm. I do think that you could hang on. Yeah, you know, to this one. So this is jump a fun on one. In. This
0: was a really funny one. I'm, I'm I'm eager to release it. It'll be good. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week after Halloween, but not in our minds. Halloween will still be there uh, when we call forth new champions.
1: The legends they tell of a hero Facing down fears and cutting down foes There's no resemblance to what you know When your own deeds feel humble and few You've waited through D.D.